We're here for a very special episode. Mmm. Mmm. A Patreon-funded episode. Mmm. Thank you to everyone who donated for making this possible. <laughs> well, as as people who follow the podcast can tell you. We went directly from episode 68 to episode 70. Mm-hmm. And we're now, I think, on episode 86. Because mm-hmm. you because you have a problem. I... What? Uh, mm, what? You, you are addicted to producing and releasing podcasts. <laughs> and I don't think you will ever stop. You know, it's episode 86 that was released, but that's starting with the Snack Covenant. Yeah, yeah. The classics. The classics. <laughs> Those classic episodes. <laughs> yes, the classics are not included in that count, and we have, what, like 20 or 30 of those, too? I don't, I don't keep track. It's all a blur. Yeah, and then the It Can't Be Helped isn't included yeah. in the count. Yeah. Yeltsin Years isn't included in the count. <sighs> And whatever other stuff we're recording that I don't remember. Reborn. Reborn is gonna have um, about 200 episodes. Yeah. 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 Exciting. So, how are we celebrating episode 69? Well, you'll remember as uh, an episode of the classic podcast, I, I recall. Well... Yeah, it's an yeah. episode of the classic. However, it was so good, we remastered it and re-released it as an episode of the Snack Covenant. I think it's episode 40, if I'm not mistaken. And by we, <laughs> you mean you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you were on it, so... Yeah. And that episode was Choir Intelligence at Edgar. Mm-hmm. An episode that began discussing the character of Choir Intelligence at Edgar and ended with me purchasing and in part reading the ebook Courted by the Wolf Lawyer. <laughs> a piece of self published werewolf erotica. And while we were discussing it, we found out that there was a big market for self-published extremely short ebooks about werewolves with extremely specific professions. Yeah. So, we thought for episode 69 that I would check out some more of those. And read them properly. So, I've looked at five. Which five? The first one was courted by the wolf lawyer, because I don't think we gave it, like, a proper synopsis. We just sort of skimmed over it. Uh Uh-huh. And then we've got taken by my werewolf boss. (laughs) The historical werewolf novel, Werewolves of Sparta. Cured by the werewolf psychiatrist. (laughs) And then Uh werewolf psychotherapist. (laughs) 
Do you think the werewolf psychiatrist and psychotherapist know each other? The reason that there's this many is because I bought that one twice thinking it was the same book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, hang on. The three of them are by the same woman, Larissa Coltrane, who wrote Courted by the Wolf Lawyer. Mm-hmm. But uh, Taken by My Werewolf Boss is written by Cassie Laurent, and Werewolves of Sparta is by Tara Shade. <laughs> um, excellent. Okay. <laughs> and I think I think at the end we'll like discuss which one you think sounds the best. Okay. The- these are all available on Amazon for about two to three dollars each on Kindle. Uh-huh. Mm. Money well spent. Actually, this was bought with Patreon money, so mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. like, yeah, the people who who made this episode possible also paid for the books. Yeah, yeah. thank you. It's like a team effort. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we all went to a store and bought these erotica novels together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, so we'll starting with with courted by the wolf lawyer. Yeah, the classic. The classic that made that started this whole chain of events. <laughs> okay, so, so courted by the wolf lawyer is about a district attorney called Regina Mitchell, <laughs> and she's very upset because she found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her, and she dumped him. Aww. But at the same time, she's got forty-eight hours to prepare an indictment because. <laughs> There's there's a chemical plant that's leaking toxins into the environment, and she's got to prosecute them. Oh no, is this the story of Chernobyl? Well... <laughs> so... <laughs> is this book part of the Stalker series? Well, I've never read Stalker, so it's possible. <laughs> so... She thinks she has it in the bag because they have a secretary who will testify that she was told to destroy incriminating documents. Uh-huh. But then when the secretary is giving the testimony, this new lawyer arrives. And Regina recognizes him as someone she had a fling with in law school. OMG! Yeah. But then she thought that, like, he wasn't that attractive, so she dropped him for his best friend. (laughs) And she feels guilty about that, and she's, like, impressed that he's really hot now. (laughs) There's a strange piece of continuity here where they establish Regina is 30, but then Uh she says that that was 15 years ago, implying she was at law school when she was 15. Maybe so like, she's, like, extra smart. Yeah, she's just, like, a prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then this the, this lawyer, who's called uh, Maximilian Blackwell. Maximilian Blackwell. Uh-huh. He just, like, stares at the, the secretary, and she immediately cracks and won't say anything. Oh, no. And Regina's like, oh, what? What's going on? I thought I had this in the bag. Oh, looks like she didn't. Yeah, and they lose the case. <gasps> oh no! I know. And then? 
Well, then Regina goes out with Maximilian on a date following the case. And she apologizes for dumping him. And then he Aww. says, well, I've got something to tell you. Yes. The the reason that the reason I'm I'm such a good lawyer is that I'm also a werewolf. And <laughs> this lets me like I can use pheromones to just force people to do things by staring at them. And then oddly Regina's response to this is that she's impressed that as a werewolf he became a lawyer. Because she assumed that werewolves would find work in circus freak shows. So it's like he faced adversity and he persevered and she's really impressed. Yeah. And he's also lonely because his long-term relationships always break down. Because he's a werewolf <laughs> and his... Uh, sometimes he loses control and his eyes glow yellow when he grows fur. Yeah, that's a deal breaker, you know? Yeah. And then Regina's like, well, I, I wouldn't dump a werewolf if I were going out with one. Because she she thinks that since she was a teenager, she's fantasized about going out with a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe she's part of the whole, like, Bloodborne Gascoigne fan club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then... um. He, hang on, hang on. Uh, okay, so it turns out that he's he says he has incriminating documents. Oh no! That will or let, the incriminating? They're incriminating the the um the head of the toxic plant thing. Ah. And he says, like, if you spend one night with me, I'll give you. The documents. Ah, uh, damn! <laughs> and she she ends up torn between her commitment to justice and not wanting to be blackmailed. But because she's always had the hots for werewolves, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so she just looks on it as an excuse to have sex with a werewolf. <laughs> It's a win-win for her. Yeah, so she she's really the one who's using him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's able to steal the documents from him the next morning and escape. And uh -huh. there's there's descriptions of him as a werewolf, but he doesn't he doesn't become the full-on werewolf. He just sort of his eyes glow when he gets a bit furry. <laughs> but it's not he doesn't become like a proper anthropomorphic like wolf. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what that's if he's not Yeah. Go on. That, that's courted by the wolf lawyer. So I'm thinking, what if he's not really a werewolf? What if he just uses it as an excuse to like pick up the ladies? Well, the thing is that when, when he mentions being a werewolf, Regina's like, oh, I thought werewolves only worked in circuses. So <laughs> I guess this takes place in a world where werewolves like do exist. They're just very rare. <laughs> yeah, I I guess. Or maybe she's like Yurishka, she's not really aware of what happens in the world. She doesn't seem the brightest. <laughs> mm. Mm. Good book. How long was it? Uh, not very. <laughs> I think it was one of the longer ones, though. Mm. 
Okay. And then it, it bothered setting up, like, the case and the prosecution and everything. And that she needs to get the documents. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's spent an extremely long time. Like, about three quarters of the book is pre-Werewolf. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Just setting up the situation. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, the next one is taken by my werewolf boss. And weirdly, this one is also about a werewolf and a law firm. <laughs> it seems to be a recurring thing. <laughs> this one was much shorter. This is about a woman called Liza, who works for a big law firm. And she's very stressed out because she has to spend all day at work and she's worried that, like, it's making her undateable and she can't go out with anyone. Because she's, she's, yeah, she's trapped, yeah. Very relatable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she has a domineering boss called Mr. Adams. And Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams tells her, like, I, I have a contract you need to finish editing and I want it on my desk in two hours. Oh! <gasps> And she's really, really stressed out, and she's, like, trying to get it finished on time, and she makes a bunch of mistakes. So she hands it to Mr. Adams, and he's, he starts yelling at her and saying it's totally unacceptable. And Aww. and the angrier he gets, he begins to become quite hairy <laughs> and turns into a wolf. And she she thinks he's going to attack her, but it turns out that there's actually another werewolf in the building. And that's what he's that's what he's reacting to. Oh my god. <laughs> so there's a lengthy fight between Adams and some other werewolves. There's like two of them that break in. Uh-huh. So like she starts off being scared of him, but then it's like, no. No, he was actually like he wasn't reacting to her and the reason that he uh-huh. is he's stressed out and he's angry all the time. It's not her fault, it's because he's a werewolf. Yeah, that would stress you out a yeah. little bit. So after after yeah. he he fights the other two werewolves, he says, "Can you not tell anyone that I'm a werewolf? <laughs> because it'll ruin my career." Oh my god, he's a very conscientious, conscientious werewolf. And then, and then uh-huh. he says, "Is there anything I can do for you?" <laughs> And then they have sex in his office. <laughs> and then af- and then and then he apologizes for saying her contract work was substandard. <laughs> That's all resolved. <laughs> that was that was a short one. Did she Yeah. Did she ask for like a raise or a vacation or No, no. Cause I I feel like you know what that would help her a lot more. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it takes place in the same universe as Courted by the Wolf Lawyer? I I think it might. It seemed very specific that werewolves were lawyers in both of them. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like in a world where the stereotype is that they work in a circus, but actually- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then there's Werewolves of Sparta by Tara Shade. This, this again, was a very short one. Mm-hmm. So there's a- a Greek city-state called Baratheos. Mm-hmm. And Sparta is attacking it. Oh, no. But for some reason, the Spartans that they send are werewolves. 
Well, it makes sense. They're like more powerful than regular humans. I th- yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a very strategic move. Yeah, and like the 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 lycanthropy thing comes from Greek mythology. Hmm. Like the word lycanthropy. So this is the deeper piece of literature that we're examining right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so the princess who's called Aphrodisia. <laughs> of course. She decides that in order to stop the werewolves attacking the city, she'll go and seduce them. <laughs> so she she puts on a very skimpy toga. <laughs> and seduces Are you making the making it up or no, is this No. It's described in great detail. Oh my god. <laughs> so she she seduces the werewolves and they're like, "All right, but don't tell the other Spartans or we'll get in trouble." <laughs> And and then she realizes that the werewolves were actually just uncomfortable and misunderstood. Aww. And they just needed some loving. <laughs> so she has a massive werewolf orgy. <laughs> oh my god. And then the following morning, the leader of the werewolves is like, why don't you just marry me and then we'll depose your father and you can be the queen of this city. Aww. So, yeah, they do. And then she becomes, like, the queen of the werewolf city. Aww. Do they celebrate with another massive orgy? I think that's implied. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that was a historical one. Based on historical facts. Yeah. So, back to the present. We've got cured by the werewolf psychiatrist. Uh Uh-huh. This is about a woman called Pauline. Pauline, okay. Yeah, she's depressed and her boyfriend... No, she's depressed and also her fiancé cheated on her and they broke up. Oh, no. And that makes her depression worse and she starts worrying because... Her depression is making her hallucinate that there's a werewolf in the room. <gasps> oh, no. Mm. So she goes to see a psychiatrist to help her deal with it. Okay. And that's, her f- a, that's a good yeah. rational decision, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And one of her friends is like, oh, are you sure? There's rumors that one of the psychiatrists here is a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So Pauline goes to see him. And he's incredibly hot, and she worries that it's going to impact on their doctor-patient relationship because she can't concentrate, because he's too attractive. <laughs> and he says, no, no, look, I'm used to this happening, because I'm a werewolf, and I give off all of these pheromones. Oh, God. <laughs> People are always really attracted to me. Uh-huh. Well, then he's like, oh, and, like, the reason that I understand what it's like to be dependent on medication is that I need to keep taking pills to stop me turning into a werewolf. Oh. Ah. Yeah, and then she says, like, no, no, werewolves are really sexy. Don't take it. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then he turns into a werewolf and they have sex in his office. and, (laughs) And that cures her depression forever. 
Does it? Yeah, apparently. Oh, well, that's it's not a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a, not a particularly realistic take on like long term mental health issues. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, so the final one is uh, it's either called the werewolf's psychotherapist or werewolf and psychotherapist. What do you mean? Because the cover says one thing, but the file says another. So I guess she couldn't, oh. <laughs> Larissa couldn't decide what to call this one. So th- this is another, th- we're back to like complicated plots now. Well, Larissa makes rather complicated uh, scenarios. She's committed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about, this is about a male character, interestingly. So he's, he's called Clint and he's, he's a pediatrician. And he comes from a long line of pediatricians and he feels like he's pressured into like making breakthroughs in pediatric medicine. Mm-hmm. And he, he's in a long-term relationship with a woman called Veronica and he wants to propose to her. Is she a werewolf? No. Oh. And she, she thinks he's attractive because according to her, he looks like Hugh Jackman, but with a slightly different chin. But the problem is that Veronica has her own career aspirations and she doesn't, she thinks that like his completely like singular focus on pediatric medicine is going to like, it's going to lock her down and she's not going to be, she's an architect and she's worried that he's going to expect her to settle down already. When she wants to go and design buildings. So there's some tension. Mm-hmm. So he buys her a very expensive engagement ring. They, the book specifies it's worth $18,042. $18,042. Yeah. But, uh, and this is like three months salary, right? $18,042. Well, so we can figure out well, how I, much I guess he if, he, if he's a very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he makes about make six, about six, six thousand dollars yeah. a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for that price, they could hire a babysitter. Yeah, yeah that's just him. Like, she's an architect, so she'd be making yeah, money so, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they'll be they'd be fine. She's worried for nothing. Yeah. yeah. So he he proposes to her, and she accepts. But then later, they have an argument. Oh no! About because what? she's saying like your your obsession with uh, neuropediatric medicine is harming my my architectural aspirations. Uh. So they have a fight and he leaves. But then on the way out, he's bitten by a wolf. (gasps) No! Yeah. So he comes home with the the wolf. It's not bad, but it did bite him. Okay. So then he says to her that, like, I've done some thinking and... I might, I'm rethinking my fixation on my pediatric medicine career and we okay. should be more flexible to, um, to pursue yours as well. Did that bite make him think like about what's really important in life? Well, the next day <laughs> he starts howling and growling and <laughs> telling Veronica that she's part of his pack and he needs to find shelter for her. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 
she says uh, she's a little concerned about him, but he goes to work anyway. And okay. <laughs> um, uh-huh. on, on the way back from work, the wolf that bit him appears again and starts telepathically communicating with him. Okay. So, Veronica thinks, well, you're clearly going insane. Uh-huh. You need to go and see a psychotherapist. Uh-huh. So, she calls a psychotherapist, and psychotherapist is a woman who thinks Clint is very, very hot. <laughs> so, she <laughs> she starts sessions with him and notices that his eyes are glowing. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, during one of the sessions, Clint says, you're not talking to Clint anymore, you're talking to the wolf. <laughs> and then she asks what the wolf's name is. The wolf's name is apparently Lorper, L-O-R-P-E-R. Okay. What does that mean? I don't know. But <laughs> turns out that he's being possessed by a wolf called Lorper. Okay. <laughs> so then, then they have sex in her office. And, but oh, oh no, Veronica walks in. And Clint has to say, like, it's not what it looks like. I was possessed by a werewolf. (laughs) No, and and then Veronica says, no, no, I knew. This was all part of my plan. Okay. And (laughs) I I can't, I don't think they go into specifics, but it's like, now that, (laughs) now that I've, like, got a, it's something to do with, like, a sample of his blood when he's possessed by the werewolf, she can cure him by making it into a serum. Okay. So, that solves, they get married and that solves the marital problems. (laughs) But, but, it ends with, with a sequel bait. Uh Uh-huh. Like a an MCU style post credit scene, <laughs> in which there's still a sample of his blood from before he was cured that's being held somewhere. Oh no! Yeah, so you could make other people into werewolves using this. Oh, maybe this mm. book is a prequel in the whole wolf universe. It might. That's how it, it might all started. Be. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was five self-published pieces of werewolf erotica. <laughs> Available from Amazon.com for about two to three dollars each. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which one did you think sounded the most intriguing? Well, I think I like the uh the classic uh, yeah. by the werewolf lawyer the best. Yeah. It is a high point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the one about the Spartans was a. Uh, it was different. It was like a take on history, you know. So that was. That yes, was very, very, very historically accurate book. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of research. Yeah. 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 I feel like Larissa should write more of these books. She hasn't updated her Twitter since 2017, so I think oh. she may have. She may have moved on. She may have retired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of the, the like, $12 I spent on this she got. I hope she got all of it. Yeah. 
It's not the worst stuff I've seen on Kindle by any by any means. No, this is great. I I have a series of of absolutely terrible Kindle adventure stories called Sherlock Holmes Time Detective. Uh-huh. About aliens that make a clone of Sherlock Holmes based on This is clearly because the person that wrote it had never actually read Sherlock Holmes. It was based on the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes from the films. Like, they specify that to get around the fact that it's nothing like the books. And then Uh they send him to... They have names like Sherlock Holmes, the Planet of Doom, and things like... Like, it's really not... He, like, has to fight vampires and get trapped on exploding spaceships and things. It's basically just Doctor Who fanfic. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's essentially just Doctor Who fanfic where they've replaced Doctor Who with Sherlock Holmes because he's out of copyright. <laughs> I don't know if you can still get those. Mm. But you still have them. Yeah, yeah, they were they were more expensive than than uh, these. They they're a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I wonder if they're still available. Uh, oh, yep, yep, Sherlock Holmes' Time Detective is still available. Nice. Oh, you can get the complete Sherlock Holmes' Time Detective for $8.50. Hmm. Uh... Yeah, Sherlock Holmes' Time Detective, The Pyramids of Evil. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Time Detective The Key to Doomsday Uh Sherlock Holmes Time Detective Vampires in a Lighthouse Uh, Planet of Doom You can get these in paperback as well Sloppy writing by someone who doesn't even keep track of his own work to make sure he doesn't contradict himself. When a writer can't even keep his own stuff basically consistent within his own narrative, and I'm not talking the odd plot hole. The whole thing becomes ever-shifting, baseless nonsense. <laughs> and like, I, I have read these, and like the standard of writing in these is significantly worse than the uh, Larissa Coltrane werewolf books. <laughs> Filled with nuggets of unintentional gold, such as the following. (laughs) This has got to be a job for Sherlock Holmes' time detective, I sputtered irritably. (laughs) An English person is extremely unlikely to use the phrase, good safari, mate. (laughs) The author's understanding of English geography seems somewhat inadequate. He believes it is possible to hire a taxi in the centre of London and have it take you to the beach in a jiffy. 
Well, <laughs> I think if you if you have to buy, do you, okay, we'll rank these. Okay. Okay, quoted by the Wolf Lawyer, I think is number one. Yes. Yep. Uh, Werewolf Psychotherapist is, I'd say, number two because that's like that's got a pretty complex plot with like betrayals <laughs> and a, a lot is packed into this thing that's only like it's like twenty pages long. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got like yeah. the guy who's manipulated into becoming a werewolf so his wife can get his blood to cure him. <laughs> Uh, uh, then, like, I guess Werewolves of Sparta for the, the historical, historical setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess then, like, Werewolf Boss would be number four. Because that's, yeah. yeah, that's, like, it's it's short, but it's got, like, that has the most werewolf action in it. Actually, yeah. Yeah, because in that he becomes he becomes a full on like anthropomorphic wolf and has a fight with other wolves, like something from Underworld. <laughs> it's the only one in which like the werewolf plays the role of like what you would actually expect a werewolf to do, in that it's it's a humanoid wolf that like howls and fights things. Uh-huh. And the other ones is just like there's a guy, but his eyes glow and he's a bit hairy. <laughs> And then I guess, like, yeah, werewolf psychiatrist would be the last, just basically because werewolf psychotherapist already exists. Yeah. And in a world where you can read werewolf psychotherapist, I don't know why, like, you would pick werewolf psychiatrist. Like, maybe if <laughs> if you finish werewolf psychotherapist and then you want more, read werewolf psychiatrist, but if given the choice between the two. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did something to your microphone because you sound like a robot now. But it doesn't matter, I can still understand you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's your internet. Maybe it's the internet telling us this has gone on long enough. Well... So, Richie. <laughs> if... Yes. <laughs> so, if 18 months ago, somebody told you... <laughs> You'd be reading and ranking on a podcast today. What would you tell them? I'd probably be relieved because I'd think, oh, good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not wedded to just talking about Bloodborne forever.